I think like, it's like folks that say I don't want to spend four years going to get an extra degree or something. And I always think like, yeah, but the time goes by regardless. Yeah. So it's not like all of a sudden you, you actually save that. Sure. The time passes. It's just about what you do with it. Do with it. Yeah. Welcome to the Ripcord Moment, a podcast focused on empowering business owners to optimize their company along with their personal finances and succession plans. I'm your host, Joe C2. In this season, we're focused on younger entrepreneurs who are navigating the challenges of the current environment. Our hope is that their stories inspire you to take the actions needed to overcome the challenges in your business that you might be facing. Grow and scale your company in a way you envision and ultimately achieve your perfect landing. Welcome to the Ripcord Moment. I'm your host, Joe C2. Today, we're joined by Tim Gaspar. He's the founder of Gaspar Insurance Services, a company he founded in 2008. Tim's a lifelong entrepreneur. He actually ran businesses when he was in high school and in college. Um, and then prior to founding Gaspar uh, Insurance Services, you were in the insurance industry with one of the largest insurance companies. I think it was Marsh, is where you started your career, uh, then decided to follow your lifelong passion of your entrepreneurial spirit, starting your own company in 2008 and recently sold it through a transaction. Uh, by 2001, here recently, uh, the company had grown to have multiple offices, not only in California, but in Arizona and New Jersey. Uh, it was named one of the fastest growing companies, I think, in 2018 through uh, recently here uh, in the Los Angeles area. Uh, so Tim, welcome to the Ripcord Moment. Cool. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me. Super excited to be here, and uh, now I would love to to share my experience with uh, doing the sale, and hopefully I can share a few things that uh, you know uh, it will be meaningful for maybe somebody in the same boat. Absolutely. So this season we're focusing sort of on the younger entrepreneurs, which I would you know put you into that that category. Um, walk us through why you know you're you're the the company's growing. Uh, again, you're relatively young. Um, why was now sort of the right time to go ahead and think about a transaction from your perspective? Sure. Well, there were, um, uh, there were, there were really a lot of reasons, but there's, uh, a, a few that come to mind as kind of like the, the, the primary reasons that, um, sort of pushed me to make the transaction, uh, transaction happen. So any business, if you stretch out the, the timeline long enough, they only do one of two things. They either go out of business or they sell and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, those one of these two going to happen yeah. at, uh, at some point. And so I um, uh, was looking at, you know, what the future might hold for the business. And the first part of it was for myself professionally as an entrepreneur, um, I had spent 15 years building this agency and was at a point where I wasn't really sure what the next steps were within my industry to really continue to grow and um, in regards to so what it would look like in regards to our systems and operations and and, uh, you know, uh, I didn't know what I didn't know, essentially. And so I was looking for an environment that I could grow on a personal level and on a professional level. And uh, joining another group that was much larger than me was one way to do that. Right. And then in 2021, you know, when I sold, um, there were so many assets. Take a look at, like, Bitcoin, real estate, every, every asset. Like, it was only had to be fraud. Everything was crazy. Yeah. And so I looked at what the valuations were and thought... Um, if I don't sell now, there's a very strong likelihood that I'll regret not selling in five years when yeah. valuations come way down. And I was at a point where I'd had uh, about 15% year-over-year growth over like a 15-year time period. And mind you, um, we ended up having a really uh, good 2022, thankfully. But uh, I was I was concerned with some things happening in my marketplace and 
uh, within the, the ability to manage my team that I was concerned that I might plateau. Yeah. And as a business, if you have a really great growth trajectory and then you plateau, if you wait too long into the plateau and look to make a sale, then it's going to look like you have to, oh, and that's sure. going to affect the valuation. Yeah. Well, you touched on something really interesting very early on in your comment that I want to go back to, which was you recognized, and I think this is a tremendous amount of emotional intelligence on your part, like that perhaps you had grown the business with your own skill set to a point where, like you said, you just wasn't sure sort of yeah. how to take it to the next level on your own. Right. Right. And, yeah. and, and I think that's one thing that's really sound advice for any business owner. But also maybe for those who are maybe on the younger side, mm -hmm. that they will likely at some point get to a point where their skill set, that that the that the, the alignment between the company and their skill set is kind of maxed out. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And, and generally speaking, the type of person that makes a good entrepreneur um, does generally not make a great um, executive. And so I, I used a lot of duct tape along the way to kind of okay figure things out. But no, you have to be uh, mindful of who you are and what your skill set. Yeah. when you need help. So maybe you can unpack that for us just a little more, because I agree with you. What What is it about the entrepreneur that, why do you think that some of them aren't necessarily great executives? Well, entrepreneurs, I think, like to, um, not, not all entrepreneurs, yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they have an idea, they run with it. It's kind of a little bit of like fly by the seat of their pants. I think a lot of emotion involved, and I've always ran my business with a high level of emotion, which can be great when it comes to just getting beyond hurdles and and making things happen even when they're difficult, it can be not as great when you need to make decisions based on consensus. And yeah. and you'll also tire folks out that way. And you have executives that work for you or team members that mm -hmm. eventually get tired of running at like 100 miles. That's an hour to yeah. take a break. Sure. Um, and so it's um, the, the biggest thing any entrepreneur can do, whether you're, you're selling or not, is having, uh, obviously, you know, having the right people on the bus. Totally. And a competent team. And um, if, if you can be smart enough as an entrepreneur to to bring on the folks that are going to be the opposite of your gung ho, you know, <laughs> personality, sure. and more sort of patient, and uh, maybe offer yeah. a different perspective, perspective, different skill sets, yeah, balancing out who's at the how, who's at the table, hundred percent. Yes, how how were you know it, some people aren't always open to having additional sort of perspectives at the table, especially those who are the ones who kind of are the visionary, sure. have a clear vid or a clear thought of how what they want this thing to unfold. Right. So was that something that just naturally came to you because of who you are? Or is it something you had to learn to, uh, I guess, learn to incorporate into how you ran the company? I think, um, well, uh, I, I generally learn things the hard way, <laughs> as I like to say. So the reality- I thought that was just me. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it uh, yeah, might, might be fairly common. I mean, uh, <laughs> So uh, I think that if you, you know, you have to know um, kind of what your own strengths are. And I think anybody who makes every decision on their own yeah. without getting input from the team, number one, your team is not going to want to stay because they're going to be, what am I here for? What am I this here guy for? doesn't listen to anything I say. Right. Um, and generally speaking, you know, just about every decision is better when you get input from all sides. And, and actually, gosh, the, the most valuable thing you can have as a leader is folks that are willing to disagree with you and give you honest input because the the more you grow and the more um, direct reports you have and the more people on your team, the less likely you are to hear the truth. And you're going to end up hearing uh, a lot of crap that's just stuffed, uh, you know, people saying yes. They're yes people saying your ideas are wonderful. Right. Once that happens, you're really, uh, I'll use the word duped. If you're surrounded by a group of people that say yes to every idea you have. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're, you're really in a lot of trouble, maybe yeah. without knowing it. And uh, at some point, 
in some way I, I sort of realized that okay and came to really value folks that would push back on my ideas and offer um other points of perspective I'm intrigued by this point because I think it's it's you're 100% spot on, and I think even at our firm we've grown to 55 people, and sure. so we have to constantly message that to everybody in the firm. I'm curious, how did you, as your firm grew, you're one of the fastest growing companies for X number of years. Like, how did you go about it, instilling in your culture this idea of, um, you know, intellectual honesty, sure, sure. being open to, um, you know, respectful disagreement. Yeah. Yeah, around different perspectives. Sure. It's, it, well, it's um, it, it's all just based on your actions. It's just like when you when you're a parent, like you could tell your kids anything, but at the end of the day, they're just watching you. They're just gonna, you know, uh, puppet what you do or, or look at what your actions are. So it's the same thing with being a leader. If if you're in a meeting full of people and somebody disagrees with your idea, however they do it, and you shoot them down, or afterwards you have like a stern conversation with them. Obviously, everybody will see that and they'll know like, wow, this is not a place that's safe. Safe, yeah. To say stuff versus like somebody disagrees with you and you uh, really genuinely want to hear more about the disagreement, people will also see that. Yeah. And that's what's going to dictate what the culture is. Regardless of whether you say acid words, oh, feel free to disagree. Feel free to like uh, hush back because you've seen uh, leaders say that and then people do. Right. And the reality of what happens is way different than like, you know, what they said it would be. Yeah. No. Okay. I, so you got to create obviously alignment between not only what you're saying, but the actions. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's a matter of being uh, uh, genuine and everybody wants to follow a leader that's genuine who is what they say they are. Sure. And so all those things have to be congruent. They all got to go together. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, you and I have sort of talked about too, is that as you're, you, you've made this transition, you've sold the business, you're in the process of what that, incorporating that, um, you know, into the new company. What's that been like for you, uh, you know, on a personal level in terms of sort of what, what, what might come next for, for Tim in terms of his uh, sort of identity? Yeah, it's a, that's a, it's it's been a, a tough thing, honestly, and and I say that kind of knowing that uh, it would be so, you know, that the business was was my baby, and I think that's how most entrepreneurs are. Um, and I had talked to a number of folks before I did the sale about other folks that had built their business and um, had a similar exit and kind of what it meant for them. And so I definitely was mindful of it and took it seriously. But um, it's a it's a major transition in your life, and it affects uh, on some level you know, your identity and, and kind of like, you know, uh, obviously how you view your, yourself. Self. And um, you, you just have to work through it. Uh, so I think being mindful of it ahead of time is is probably half of it. Because if you think that you're going to wake up the next day after a sale and feel exactly the same, especially the next couple of months after that, there's just no way. Yeah, you're sorely mistaken. You're sorely mistaken. Absolutely. Um, so be, being, you know, aware of it and then leaning on the things that are consistent in your life, like your family, and your friends and, and all of those things, you know, it's, it's growth and any kind of growth that you have in life is generally, you know, going to be, uh, it's a good thing. Sometimes it could be a little painful, uh, but it's a good thing at the end. Well, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've always respected about you is your, uh, you're obviously very good at business. You're, you're a great family man, but you also pour back into the community in a way that is, you know, is just tremendous. Um, and, and so maybe talk a little bit about how, you know, uh, why that's important to you, you know, how maybe you looked at it perhaps even differently now after the sale. I mean, um, yeah, well, it's, uh, I, I think so for me, you know, um, being involved in, uh, the community and, and being involved in certain nonprofits wasn't something that was like, um, 
an epiphany I had for business purposes. Like, oh, this would really have a great ROI if I was sure. Spend time and money on this stuff. Um, you know, part of it is just uh, the you know the way you're raised. And so I was raised that um, my family was always involved in some level in regards to you know helping out with uh, community events or you know being uh, kind to your neighbors and things like that. So. Yeah. And thankfully, I live in the same community I grew up in, you know, the, the West San Fernando Valley. And so I feel a connection to the community. And I'm a big believer in life that we all have a responsibility to give back to where we grew up. It's not a situation where you can just point at stuff and complain about how things are going. Sure. If you don't like the way something is going, you need to make, you, you're the one that has to yeah. make the difference. Um, and so I noticed that uh, when I would get involved in stuff on different uh, boards or doing community cleanups, the biggest thing was honestly how I felt afterwards. That I knew I knew I felt really good, and I knew it was like a, a dopamine rush. So that made me want to do it again. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing is, um, and this relates to to business success and success in life and all these other things. Uh, the people you meet in these organizations that give back are uh, there are a certain caliber of people that, and I don't just mean like they're successful business people. Like their whole person is a higher quality person. I agree with you. Just on, on the average. Uh, yeah. And it's awesome to be able to hang out with people that feel the same way. Well, I think it, what, I, what resonates with me, because I'm involved as well. Mm -hmm. Sure, absolutely. Boys and Girls Club. Exactly. Yeah. You and and um, it, it's the those who have that sort of integrated view mm -hmm. of themselves, uh, what they're committed to, they right. tend to you know give from the heart Absolutely. on everything yeah. I do, whether it's with their family, with uh, their their community, with their business, yeah, whatever activity it might be. Um, but then also that concept of like ownership, I think, which is what you talk Absolutely. about, like yeah, rather than just assuming that somebody else is going to do it, yeah, take care, and say like, hey, you know what, I'm going to pitch in, sure, and sure, make sure that you know this gets this gets yeah. done. And people people are really good about. Um, you know, kind of sensing when somebody's involved in something for the wrong for the wrong reasons. You know, so if you're genuine, you like good things just happen. Just oh, yeah, it's you don't even have to it's just karma. This yeah. and it really is the way the universe works. Um, and you don't know when and how or what it is, but it's real. And then, you know, it. Uh, I always sort of look at like I think I'm proof of that. Like if I look back on anything yeah. I don't put time into, I've always gained something, and in some fashion or another, new friends or opportunities or whatever. Well, and it's like the old adage, right? You feel like you're you're. They, people all constantly say, and I would agree with this, like you, you, you're giving, but the reality is you get more in return. And there's so much truth to the sort of, right. sort of behind that. Absolutely. Um, in terms of, you know, you know, you just returned from a trip from, from the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We talked yeah. a little bit about, it was some business, some pleasure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and you talked a little bit about just sort of the, the difference in culture mm -hmm. around sort of what you experienced there mm -hmm. and uh, how you'd like to maybe bottle a little bit of that up and bring it back uh, back here. Share yeah. with us a little bit about um, what, what that was like. Yeah, it was a great trip. And the Philippines are the, some of the nicest people. I yeah. Mean, just the culture is like very, uh, you know, how can I help you? And just very warm, inviting yeah. culture. Make, they make you feel very welcome the, the moment you step off the plane. So we have a group there. Um, that we utilize for back office support, um, making sure um, that, uh, you know, uh, all of our ducks are in a row from a compliance standpoint, just the, a lot of just work that needs to be done mm -hmm. um, by really, you know, smart, capable hands. And, and there's a group in the Philippines that does that. And so I was there with the team and they were doing um, uh, a giveaway for the holiday party. And the giveaway was items like some household items like toasters and, uh, you know, um, something that, you know, heats up boiling water and things like that. When somebody would win, and this was a room that had, you know, a few hundred people in it. When somebody would win, the room, like, exploded. It was, like, shaking. Like, oh, that was that energy. 
And I was there with a few other um, folks that run insurance operations. Okay. And we looked at each other like, wow, like this is, this is crazy. Yeah. But like in a really positive way, because um, here in the U.S., because there's such a labor shortage, which is really, I look at as being a long-term. That's uh, a big structural problem. Yeah. Uh, it's a country structural problem as, as, as a, you know, it's, it's really something that's going to be a hard thing to solve until we start having a lot more babies. And even then it'll take time. Um, it's just really a, you know, just a different culture in regards to there's more job scarcity there. Mm-hmm. And so folks, uh, there are sort of more just, um, I don't want to use the word appreciative because it's not like people in the U.S. are not appreciative. No. But it gives you some perspective. Perspective. That's exactly what it does. Yeah. And um, people all over the world, there's lots of smart people in the world. We don't have a monopoly on that. Nope. And it's a big world that, um, I don't know, I just like the idea of being able to do business with different people from different yeah. players. I'll just touch on real quick. I read a phenomenal book. It's called The End of the World is Just the Beginning. Oh, yeah. I, saw I think yeah, I posted I saw it online. Yeah, I did. Right. But it talks a lot about the the demographic issues that we are facing as as a country, but also how, to, you know, and I think through this, how it affects business owners. Sure, affects, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, the, both the U.S. economy and the global economies, but it touches on a lot of sure. points. So, yeah. Um, well, Tim, I want to I want to sort of bring this full circle, and I, I, you know, I always ask our guests for, um, you know, maybe two bold uh, action items that you would, you know, either give to a younger entrepreneur, or maybe even yourself, <laughs> if you you yeah. go back and talk to the Tim Gaspar five or ten, fifteen years ago around uh, around business and and ultimately some sort of success uh, success succession events. Mm-hmm. What would those two things be? Uh, so one is for the folks that maybe um, are sort of budding entrepreneurs or sort of figuring out what they want to do, uh, and that's just go for it. Uh, you just go. It. I've seen a lot of people. There's a, a lot of people, and everybody says like, "Oh, I'm not the smartest guy in the room." Yada yada yada. That's def- definitely me. I've, I've met so many people that I can't even count that were uh, sharper than me, yep. had more intelligence, uh, more resources, had all the tools to be more successful, but just were scared to take the leap. Yeah. And uh, there's really nothing on the other side of here. You can get laid off from a job that you have anywhere. Right. Um, and so just going for it, having a plan, not being silly and, you know, deciding the same day you're going to leave your job, but sure. But, but going for it and making the leap. Um, and then, um, no, and on that point, I think there's a Jim Carrey quote that he said something along the lines like, you can fail at some, like a job that you don't really like. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm hearing from. 100%. Yeah. And the time goes by either way. People say, I don't want to invest the time in building a company and I think like it's like folks that say I don't want to spend four years going to get an extra degree or something and I always think like yeah but the time goes by regardless yeah so it's not like all of a sudden you you actually save that time sure the time passes just about what you do with it do with it yeah um and the other thing that I think is is critical is um learning from other people and there's a lot of really fantastic organizations that exist uh, so many now. So I'm I'm in one called Vista, which is a CEO group, which I really enjoy. Yeah. But there's uh, there's YPO um, is one that I've heard positive things about entrepreneurs organization, and those are just like the formal ones. Sure. That you learn so much just talking to other people about their challenges, mm-hmm. and um, are able to really just get a different perspective and people that push back, and that's critical. I've avoided a lot of really significant pitfalls. Okay. Just by discussing certain ideas and challenges and questions I had with these folks uh-huh. that um, are able to give me info, but also, you know, uh, call me out on, um, you know, when I'm when I'm full of baloney. Okay. Something like that, which is also of the slide we talked about with yeah. team members. Uh, it's critical uh, yeah. to keep you uh, keep you in check. Accountable on us. Absolutely. One at little. That's sound advice, Tim. I really appreciate it. And find a great financial planner too. Well, you know that certainly <laughs> helps, and uh, I'm grateful that uh, you know 
you've entrusted uh, I'm supporting it myself to work very no, simple you Absolutely. and uh and uh you know Tim you again we've known each other I think since 2011 yeah, your success is um is just been it's been amazing to watch and I'm also looking forward to seeing where you go over the next you know 10 20 30 40 years. I appreciate it thank yeah. you thank you thanks for being on the podcast thank we'll you. go ahead and sign off and this is Joe Cetu from the Rip Court we'll see you next time awesome.